if you know the game of chess, which is my favorite game, there could be a time when the other player would strategically position all his piece, and so that will make it uh, capture all your piece in the chess in the in the board, except for your most valuable piece, which is your king. Uh, the objective of this game is for you to set up all your pieces so that you can corner the opponent's king and he has no more place to go while he's being checked. And that makes it a checkmate. But if you are the one who is on the losing position and you are left with your king, this is what most probably will happen to you. You are left with uh, your king moving pitifully, slowly, one block at a time, under the mercy of your opponent. And when this happens, you slowly say to yourself, there's no way I could, I could uh, win this game, and you just give up. Well, most likely, this is what Christians, or some Christians, do when they pray to God. Sometimes when we pray, we act like the one who is on the losing side. And sometimes we don't show any interest at all. We're thinking that since we are losing, we're not showing any interest at all. We don't really care if God will answer our prayers or not. Sometimes we are hurrying up our prayers, like we want to finish it, like in the game of lo- uh, that you are losing, you want to finish it immediately. And in the prayers, we hurry up so that we can do uh, some other stuffs. That speaks a lot on what we know about God and how we value prayer. Uh, but the worst thing, I think, that reveals our understanding of God is that we do not pray at all. But unlike this lack of understanding of who God is, our text today will show Abraham who learned who God is by observing the word of the Lord. His prayers was also shaped in his understanding of who God is. There's much to learn in our text today. The writer of Genesis put so much Length, clarity, and details on the conversation between Abraham and the Lord so that we will learn from it. So let's look together and read Genesis 18, 16 to 33 and understand what prayer is, how we should pray, and how important it is for us to know the character of God. And so please read with me from Genesis 18, 16 to 33. The men got up from there and looked out over Sodom, and Abraham was walking with them to see them all. Then the Lord said, Should I hide what I'm about to do from Abraham? Abraham is to become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will command his children and his house after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. This is how the Lord will fulfill to Abraham 
what he promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is immense, and their sin is extremely serious. I will go down to see if what they have done justifies the cry that has come up to me. If not, I will find out. The men turned from there and went toward Sodom, while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Abraham stepped forward and said, Will you really sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away instead of sparing the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people who are in it? You could not possibly do such a thing to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. You could not possibly do that. Won't the judge of the ruler do what is just? The Lord said, If I find fifty righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham answered, Since I have ventured to speak to my Lord even though I am dust and ashes, suppose the fifty righteous lack five. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? He replied, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Then he spoke to him again, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, I will not do it on account of forty. Then he said, Let my Lord not be angry and I will speak further. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. Then he said, Since I have ventured to speak to my Lord, suppose twenty are found there. He replied, I will not destroy it on account of twenty. Then he answered, Let my Lord not be angry, and I will speak one more time. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, I will not destroy it on account of ten. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he departed, and Abraham returned to his place. Let us pray before we uh, come to our sermon. Heavenly Father, we uh, come before your presence and we ask, Lord, that your word will reveal who you are, your holiness, your justice, your righteousness, your mercy, grace, and love, your holy character displayed in the face of Jesus Christ. We pray that your spirit will illuminate our eyes so that we can see the truth of your words. We pray this in Jesus' name. So let us all together understand what's going on with Abraham's conversation with the Lord. On this conversation, Abraham is progressing his understanding of God. But first, who is Abraham? In Genesis, after the fall of man, humans have become wicked, ungodly, and evil. Then, after some time, out of the ungodly and idolatrous people, God has chosen Abraham. Abraham. From one man, God is going to create a nation that is different among all the surrounding nations. While the rest of the nations are considered to be the kingdom of darkness, 
The nation that will come from Abraham will be the kingdom of the bright and glorious holy God. When Abraham heard the Lord's call, Abraham believed that promise, and God credited it to him as righteousness, and his name was changed from Abram to Abraham. Then at the beginning of Genesis 18, we can read that three men appears to Abraham in the heat of the day, while Abraham was sitting in the entrance of his tent. And these were no ordinary men. Two of them were angels of the Lord, and the other one was being addressed by Abraham as the Lord. The Lord visited Abraham to affirm once more what he has promised him. And that is what our text will show to us in Genesis 18.18. That Abraham would become a great and powerful nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. This is the promise of God to Abraham. But how will God assure that he will fulfill his promise to Abraham? Well, as we can see, God will allow Abraham to become 99 years old and Sarah to pass the age of childbearing. And this is how the Lord will fulfill his promise to Abraham. The Lord will give them a son even it is impossible for them to have a son. There's no impossibility with God. This background will help us understand what the Lord means in Genesis 18.19. Read with me in Genesis 18.19. It says, This is how the Lord will fulfill to Abraham what he promised him. In other words, the Lord, if the Lord is able to give Abraham a son, the Lord is also able to fulfill his promise to Abraham. Our text will show us that even in the midst of idolatries and ungodly nation, God is creating a holy nation out of one man, Abraham. While the world is full of sin, represented by Sodom and Gomorrah, the righteous can be assured that God will rescue them. And for the sake of righteous, God provided an intercessor. And he is no other than Abraham, so that the righteous can be secured. In all these things, God is revealing Abraham who he is, so that he might learn what is true justice, true righteousness, true mercy, true grace, which is the foundation of the holy nation of God. In our text, there, is, there will be a, a, in our study, the main idea that I want you to take away is this. God's word reveals his character and his character shapes our prayer. God's word reveals his character and his character shapes our prayers. And here are the two points which will help us see the meaning of our text. The character of God is revealed in His Word. And number two, the character of God shapes our prayer. 
Let's look to the first point. The character of God is revealed in His Word. Let's read again. Genesis 18.16-22 The men got up from there and looked out over Sodom. And Abraham was walking with them to see them off. Then the Lord said, Should I hide what I am about to do from Abraham? Abraham is to become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will command his children and his house after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. This is how the Lord will fulfill to Abraham what he promised him. And the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is immense, and their sin is extremely serious. I will go down to see if what they have done justifies the Christ what that has come up to me. If not, I will find out. The men turned from there and went toward Sodom, while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. So there are two observations that we can see in this passage. First, God made a promise. And second, God will fulfill surely His promise. So let's look on this observation from the text as we read it, as we go with it. As we have heard, Abraham was sending off his guests, and as he is sending them off, we see the Lord speaking. Well, some says that the Lord must be talking to the two angels here. While some says that the Lord is talking to Abraham. But my position and understanding is that since God is a triune God, the Lord must be having an internal dialogue within the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit talking to one another. I think this is what most likely is the answer to this puzzle. Nonetheless, what is important here is what the Lord said. The Lord said, Should I hide what I am about to do from Abraham? What can we notice from this? What is the reason why the Lord is considering a human being in his decision, in the things that he is about to do? He is the Lord. He doesn't need any human being to interfere with his plan. And look with me again at verse 18. And see that God is reminding himself of the promise or the word that he has given Abraham. It says, Abraham is to become a great and powerful nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. What can we learn from the Bible about God? The Bible says that God is not a man, that he might lie, or a son of man, that he might change his mind. When he speaks, he acts. When he promises, he fulfills. And because God gave Abraham his word, Abraham can be assured that it will happen. In other words, Abraham can know who God is, by observing God through His Word. Because here, God is revealing His character. 
through his word. He is a God who fulfills his promise. Let's continue on looking how God is revealing himself to Abraham. Read with me in verse 19. For I have chosen him so that he will command his children and his house to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Isn't this the promise of the Lord? Isn't this the word of the Lord that has came to Abraham? But there's a problem about this. Abraham is just another sinner. He is just another son of Adam. And Paul confirms this in Romans chapter 4. He said that Abraham was born in a, in a household or in a family that worshipped idols. In a family of ungodly people. So how can an idolater, idolater or ungodly person keep the way of the Lord? This seems to be impossible. But here's the amazing statement which I have mentioned previously. Genesis 18:19 says, This is how the Lord will fulfill to Abraham what he promised him. In other words, even if this is yet another impossibility before God, God cannot be hindered at all. He will fulfill His promise. And here's another revelation of God's character through His Word. God can be trusted in His promises. God can be trusted in His promises. So Christians, if you are reading the Bible, have you considered this? Your sanctification are secure. God can make you holy. God who promised is able to fulfill His promise to you in Christ Jesus. In the same way that He has chosen Abraham among the ungodly, he has also chosen you in Christ before the foundations of the earth. The Bible says, And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. The God who gives assurance to Abraham is the same God who gives us assurance in Christ Jesus. So Christians, Rest assured in this promise, in this character of God. God fulfills His promise. Now going back to our text, continue to notice that God is continuing on revealing His character to Abraham through His word. Read with me from verse 20 to 21. Then the Lord uh, then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is immense, and their sin is extremely serious. I will go down to see if what they have done justifies the cry that has come out to me. If not, I will find out. What can we learn on this word of the Lord? We can learn that God is righteous and holy. That sin has no place in the presence of God. And any kind of injustice will not be hidden in the Lord. 
I remember when Joshua was gathering the Israelites people, he called them to repent to the Lord. He took a large stone and he said to them, This stone will be our witness today. But here, it's not a stone. It's not the many stones that are, are, are located there in Sodom and Gomorrah. It is the Lord himself that came down so that his judgment over Sodom and Gomorrah is justified. That means we can be sure that the judgment of God is true and faithful to his character. What else can we see in this text? Look with me in verse 22. It says, The men whom are the angels of the Lord, which um, we mentioned in the beginning, turned from there and went towards Sodom. Here is another place where we can learn the character of God. The Lord is teaching Abraham how he can keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Later on, in the time where, when Moses and the Israelites will be the nation of God, God will command the holy nation of Israel that every matter must be established by the witnesses or the testimony of two or three witnesses. And so look in here. The Lord is sending two men at Sodom and Gomorrah to investigate the matter. There are now two witnesses so that the Lord's judgment is according to what is right and just. This is how the Lord will fulfill His promise to Abraham so that Abraham can be a nation that keep the way of the Lord by doing what is just and what is right. So brothers and sisters, as Abraham learns who God is through God's word that comes out from the mouth of the Lord, I urge you to learn who God is through his word, the Bible. The Bible is God's revelation of himself. It is the inspired word of God. Here we can learn who God is by looking at his characters. God is holy, righteous, and just. He is merciful, loving, and gracious. And we can read that in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for our sin so that we can be forgiven, showing the grace of God and showing the justice of God. By Abraham's own strength, he will not be able to keep the way of the Lord. In the same way, Christians, we cannot keep the way of the Lord by our own strength. But believe what the word of the Lord says. He will fulfill His promise. Looking forward to the fulfillment of that promise, we learn from God's word that the promise to Abraham is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham in his time cannot see this. It is in the seed form. But today, as we look to the word of God, we can see that this seed has grown into a full-grown tree. And that seed of promise 
and its fulfillment was done in Christ the Lord. This was witnessed or proven by the Apostle Paul when he was writing on one church, which is the Galatia church. He mentioned that the promise of God to Abraham is realized in Jesus Christ. Look with me in Galatians 3.16, if you have your Bible. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, as though referring to many, but referring to one, to your seed. And who is that? That is Christ. And then moving down to verse 27, it says, For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. As Paul is speaking to the church in Galatia, the Word of God is speaking to us today. If you have come to faith, and repentance through the saving grace of the Lord through Jesus Christ, you are Abraham's seed. Heirs according to the promise of Ab- to Abraham. Therefore, you belong to a great nation which God has founded in his holy character. The Lord is holy, therefore, you should be holy. The Lord is righteous. Therefore, you should be righteous. As the Bible says, be holy, for I am holy. By our own strength, we cannot do this. But the Lord who promised to Abraham is faithful and true. And he has fulfilled it in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe the word of the Lord like Abraham believed the word of the Lord. If today... Some of us are getting weary or if trials are too much and weighing you down, if the temptation is too strong, if the burden is too heavy, remember that the one who gave us promise in Christ Jesus is faithful to fulfill it. The Bible says in Hebrews that let brotherly love continue. Don't be weary. Don't neglect hospitality. Remember those in prison. Honor your marriage and don't defile it. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied of what you have. Keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. For the God who called you from darkness into his marvelous light is faithful to fulfill them. So the character of the Lord is revealed in His Word. The second thing that we must learn from this account is that the character of the Lord shapes our prayers. The character of the Lord shapes our prayers. Read with me from Genesis 18, 23 to 33. 
Abraham stepped forward and said, Will you really sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away instead of sparing the place for the sake of 50 righteous people who are in it? You could not possibly do such a thing to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and wicked alike. You could not possibly do that. Won't the judge of the ruler do what is just? The Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And Abraham answered, Since I have ventured to speak to my Lord, even though I am dust and ashes, suppose the 50 righteous lack five. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? He replied, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Then he spoke to him again, Suppose 40 are found there. He answered, I will not do it on account of 40. Then he said, Let my Lord not be angry, and I will speak further. Suppose 30 are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Then he said, Since I have ventured to speak to my Lord, suppose 20 are found there. He replied, I will not destroy it in account of 20. Then he said, Let the Lord, let my Lord not be angry, and I will speak one more time. Suppose 10 are found there. He answered, I will not destroy it on account of them. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he departed, and Abraham returned to his place. What can we observe in this passage? Well, I want you to picture what is happening inside a courtroom. For this is a perfect representation of the courtroom of God. Can you see that the Lord sent his two men to the city? They are like prosecutors investigating the matters. And then we can see Abraham, the pleading attorney for Sodom and Gomorrah, but for the sake of the righteous. And lastly, we can see the judge, the Lord himself. So Abraham started pleading his case. What can we learn in this passage? First, let's see Abraham stepping forward. What does step, stepping forward means in the courtroom of God? By Abraham stepping forward, he becomes the representation of another person. In this case, Abraham pleads for the righteous. Look with me in verse 23 to 24. Will you really sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? What can we learn from here? This means that Abraham's concerns are mainly for the righteous people. In the same way, Christians should pray for the sake of the righteous. The second thing, Abraham prayed. But what? is the frame of Abraham's prayer. Abraham's prayer is now being framed or being shaped in the character of God. Look with me in verse 25. You could not possibly do such a thing to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. You could not possibly do that. 
Won't the judge of the whole earth do what is just? The Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Remember that Abraham has just learned and slowly learning the character of God by looking at God's word. He learned that God is holy, righteous, and just. And he also learned that God's judgment is based on the Lord keeping what is right and what is just. Therefore, Abraham's prayer is influenced by this. It is influenced by the truth of God's word. Now, do you recall the kind of prayer that we are sometimes praying? Sometimes, because of our lack of understanding of God, our prayers are a little bit, most of the, most of the time, bending towards God's love. We pray like this, like, God, on the basis of your love, you could not possibly pour out your wrath against sins, could you? Won't the God of love forget what is just and easily forgives? Sometimes that is what our prayer looks like. Our prayers are not shaped according to God's character. Sometimes our prayers are according to our own character. We wanted God to behave like humans. By not understanding the character of God, not only our prayers are affected, but every actions that we do as Christians, it reflects our understanding of who God is. Sometimes, Christians allow their friends to sin, to give way to what they call love. Sometimes, Christians would even allow their relatives to go to hell because of giving way of the respect of their own opinion and feelings. Our actions and prayers are shaped according to our own character and not according to God's character. So let us learn from Abraham. Abraham framed or shaped his prayer according to the character of God. Brothers and sisters, let us learn from this account. Pray according to the character of God. The third thing that Abraham is gradually learning from the Lord is that he's learning who God is and who we are. Let's try some reenactment of what's happening between the conversation of God and Abraham. Well, Abraham must be happy because the Lord has answered his prayer that for the sake of 50 righteous people, he will not destroy the city. But Abraham realized something slowly. He must have realized that there might not be 50 righteous people. So he started discounting 50 with five lesser. So he humbled himself and called again to appeal to God's righteousness. 
And then again, he received the Lord's answer to him. I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. So by now, I think Abraham must be realizing that there's not really any 45 righteous people in the city. And so he discounted five again. But the Lord answered him again, I will not do it on the account of 40. By this time, I think Abraham is not only learning about the righteousness and justice of the Lord, but he is seeing God's gracious and merciful character, that the Lord is patient to him, that the Lord is patient to his prayer. And so Abraham took courage, but in humbleness, he did not less deduct five. Instead, he deducted ten. Let my Lord not be angry, and I will speak further. Suppose thirty are found there. The Lord replied, I will not destroy it on the account of thirty. Should there be a feeling of shame? I think Abraham is now being ashamed of himself by asking once again, since I ventured to speak to my Lord, suppose 20 are found there. The Lord replied, I will not destroy it on the account of 20. Lastly, Abraham must have, been, must have realized the depravity of man. That man, man's seriousness is serious. And there could be really no righteous in the place of Sodom and Gomorrah. But nevertheless, Abraham said, Let my Lord not be angry. I will speak one more time. Suppose ten are found there. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it on the account of ten. What can we observe here? What we can observe here is that Abraham is not a perfect mediator. He is not a perfect attorney. He is gradually learning who God is. He is gradually learning who humans are. Abraham is learning that the Lord is righteous and just. But as he is hearing the Lord patiently answers his prayers, he is gradually learning that the Lord is gracious and merciful. But unlike Abraham, there is a perfect mediator between God and man. Jesus Christ, the high priest, the great high priest, was provided by us, by God. He was given by God not only to be our intercessor, but to be a ransom for all, for, all, for our sins. Unlike Abraham, who, whose role finishes in intercession, Jesus continued his plea to God, to the cross of Calvary. As he is hanging on the tree, he prayed, Father, please forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. He is an intercessor. He is not only an intercessor, he is also the Savior. He said to the criminal who is beside him, Today you will be with me in paradise. He died on the cross so that we can be saved from the coming wrath of God. And then he rose again to life so that he can give the promise of life to those who will repent from their sins and believe in him, and so that they can be heirs of the promise to Abraham. 
He even ascended on high. And right now, right at this very moment, He is interceding for the saints. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way, yet without sin. Therefore, Christians, we can come boldly to the throne of grace where we can find mercy and grace in our times of needs. This is how the Lord fulfilled His promise to Abraham in Christ Jesus. What else can we observe from this passage? On the very last, last verse, we, we can read that when the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he departed, and Abraham returned to his place. After God showing his character to Abraham, Abraham has been changed into someone who fully trusts the Lord and trusting all in the hands of the Almighty. When the Lord has finished speaking, Abraham went home, trusting all to the Father, to the Lord. As Abraham was praying for the sake of the righteous, what we can see here is that he is also a grace provision of God. He is the Lord's provision for the righteous residing in Sodom and Gomorrah. And as we, being heirs of the promise, of the promise of Abraham, we are God's provision to pray for the elects in this dying world. We are here to pray for our surrounding neighbors. We are here to pray and to plead in their behalf. This is why the Apostle Paul taught the church or taught his, his disciple on how to pray. He said, first of all, I urge them that petitions and prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. For kings and all those who are in authority, that is why we are always praying for the rulers of this place. So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and is pleasing to God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Your prayer matters, Christians. Brothers and sisters, pray for your neighbors. Pray for your family who have not yet come into faith. They need you to intercede in their behalf. Church, pray for your rulers. Pray for your bosses. Pray for those who are in the authority so that the elect can live a tranquil and godly life. You are the reflection of God's grace that God strategically located in each of your places, in your offices, in your apartments, in your circle of friends, in your families, in your relatives. And to those who have not come yet to faith, in the Savior. This is the message of the Lord. The Lord did not only provide Abraham to intercede for the righteous. The Lord also provided the one righteous lot, the one that Sister Romana read to us a while ago, 
Lot was the only righteous one when he believed the message of the messengers that the Lord sent to investigate the city. For the sake of Lot, the city could have not been destroyed. It could have been spared. But because of the hardness of their hearts, the only fortress to hide from God's wrath was removed from them. Instead, a small town called Soar, which is close by to Sodom and Gomorrah, was spared by God. It is a very close town in that city, but God spared it because of Lot. In the same way, God has provided to us the one righteous Jesus Christ. Plead to Him. He is your only fortress for the coming wrath. Call to Jesus and be saved. Friends, do not be like Sodom and Gomorrah who hardened their hearts. Instead, run to the Lord, the Rescuer. Cling to the Savior, Jesus Christ. Plead on the account of the one righteous Jesus Christ so that you can be spared. Do not wait until that grace was removed and you are faced with the judgment of God. Manuel Church, let me end this sermon with this exhortation. Abraham learned who God is by looking closely at the Lord in his character, in his word. Abraham learned how to pray according to the character of the Lord. The Lord is righteous and just at the same time, compassionate, merciful, gracious, and loving. He is the Lord, the judge of the ruler. His judgment is right and just. The Lord promised Abraham that he will become a great and mighty nation through Jesus Christ, the offspring, and that anyone who will believe in Jesus will share that blessing to Abraham. And so therefore, church, be holy, for the Lord is holy. We are chosen to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. And don't worry, because God will fulfill it. Let us pray.